Recording in progress. So again, as I said, uh, let me encourage you guys to get your Bibles. <clears throat> And um, it's always good to have one right here before you, like the Bereans. You know, if you guys don't recall who the Bereans are, uh, they are a group of people within the book of Acts. And they check to see whether what Paul was saying was in fact, you know, scriptural. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> that's what we have to be. We have to be good stewards over uh, knowledge. We have to be good investigators. We have to be good um, research analysts, so to speak. Um, because today we live in an age where people are not fact-checking. Um, well, unless, of course, you are um, um, Facebook, you claim to be fact-checking, but you're not fact-checking at all. Um, but... We're not fact-checking, and in fact, if we're what we're doing is we're we're very reactive, as as church folk. <clears throat> I had commented recently on someone's uh, post on Instagram, and there was within the comment section this guy <clears throat> that was claiming that I was a heretic just because I was telling him what the Bible said, and and then when. I had desired to engage with him. He just stopped responding. And so um, that's what I consider very emotional people. And we as believers, we are not to be um, dominated by emotions. That doesn't mean that we're going to be stoic and have no emotions whatsoever. <clears throat> but we, we should not be dominated by what we feel. And so if someone says something to you um, and they claim that it's false, right? And then they start um, getting upset or they start hurling insults and um, they don't want to engage with the mind. And then that, that's in, indicative of the fact that they, they lack self-discipline. And I've learned that those are the sort of people you should not engage with. Amen. And it may not even just be in debate. <clears throat> it may not in, just be involving the word. It, 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 it also relates to other things in life. People who don't have self-discipline and there is no cooperation with those sort of people. Amen. And there's some, there's some people in your lives that you're going to have to avoid because they don't have self-control. They don't have self-discipline. And because you're sincere hearted, you may want things to work with people, but because people are so arrogant, ignorant, and unbridled like beasts, there is no harmony between you and them. Does that make sense? Amen. <clears throat> um, the Bible says in James that the people that cannot be entreated, it says that the wisdom of this world is demonic. You know what, let me, let me just go there real quickly and then we'll get into prayer. And then after we pray, I want us to look at a text. But um, it's in James. And James is speaking of the 
the wisdom that comes from above and the wisdom that is earthly, uh, sensual, and demonic. <clears throat> it's in um, it's in uh, James chapter three, verse thirteen. James chapter 3 verse 13 it says who is wise and understanding among you let them show it by their good life by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom amen so first of all humility comes from wisdom amen <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen like my Instagram stories or I, I posted this guy he, he's um it, it, it's just it's a funny video he's not really speaking in this way because that's his character but he's making fun of certain people <clears throat> who act very ghetto and uh you know and it says right here p i don't know if you guys the abbreviation pov perspective uh or i think it's like perspective or view or something like that right am i am i correct point of view, point po of point view. Of view. there you go point of view and it says like point of view of a judge while you're in a black robe and then the guy enters in and he's like mumbling under his breath like yeah yeah i got my court day i don't even care if i go to jail this and this and that is nothing you know and all this stuff right and um <clears throat> and he's like he even boasts about it and um well i thought it was funny because i can think of a number of people from back in the day who acted that way but do you see what pride reduces men to? That it reduces men to absurdity and foolishness and complete Amen. arrogance to Amen. boast about going to jail. Like, why would you want to spend your life locked up with a bunch of other men, right? Eating poor food and not enjoying freedom. It's because that's what pride does to men. But humility, as the Bible says in Proverbs, with humility comes honor. Amen. You want to live an honorable life, you have to be wise. And in order to be wise, you must choose the paths of humility. You know, one of the things I've learned right. with, with kids, especially working with middle schoolers since I've been at the school, is humility is key. Because there's a lot of things you want to say, but you know you can't say because they can't endure it. Or if you wanna if you wanna be logical with somebody, if you wanna be logical with a middle schooler, guess what? They don't use logic. And so they 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 will just because they feel a certain way or because you know they're they're fraught with so many emotions, they'll react to what you say and not respond. Amen. Maybe some of us are like that. We're very reactionary, but we don't respond. That's, that's probably because we're lacking in humility. And But nonetheless, <clears throat> that's what I've learned. is You can't really engage logically with, with people that are, are immature. Because they're not interested in truth. They're not interested in discipline. They're not interested in growth. They're not interested in character. They're very impulsive, thinking for the moment, acting for the moment, feeling for the moment. Right? 
And and so are, are we as believers, are we merely living for the moment? Are we living orientated around the future, making plans for today that make sense for the future? And it takes discipline. It takes plowing, right? <clears throat> like a harvest. You have to work in the harvest and you don't get to reap it immediately you're plant you're plowing you're toiling for the future in order for looking forward to the day in which you will eventually reap but nonetheless continuing forward he says uh but if you harbor bitter envy selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast about it or deny the truth such quote wisdom does not come down from heaven but is earthly unspiritual demonic for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Um, I like one. I like how one other. Um, version puts it it says uh, that it's able to be entreated you know when people are acting in pride people are acting in selfish ambition you there's no entreating them that is to say you try to appeal to them you, but there is no there's no yielding they won't yield and isn't that what God does with us he appeals he he, he corrects us right and then what do you do in response if you're spiritual and if you're truly wise as a spiritual man or a spiritual woman you will yield to the lord you will submit to him you're able to be entreated he will entreat you and you respond and you yield to what he says to you and what he requires of your life amen amen <clears throat> or unfortunately are we characterized by people that have our hands so clenched that God has to pry things from us? Amen. And but the Bible says that Amen. such wisdom is is demonic. You know, I know that we don't like that, right? Because we would like to soften the blow a little bit and say, "Yeah, it's just off trajectory a little bit." It's just the wisdom that I have, you know, it may not be godly, but we'll try to soften the blow. Like, I'm not prepared to say it's demonic. Right? But the Bible pulls no punches here. It's very clear. If you don't have the wisdom of God, there is no middle ground and you're operating in demonic wisdom. Right? Amen. And this is where our minds have to submit to the scriptures. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what we feel. It doesn't matter what we would like to be true. At the end of the day, the Bible is very clear about what is godly wisdom and what is demonic. And so, um, just examine your life. Allow your life to uh, to be uh, examined by the mirror of God's word, and don't fight. Don't don't react. Uh, allow your hearts to be open unto the Lord and unto his correction and to see, am I functioning in the wisdom that God has? 
that the wisdom that he gives it's pure right what does it say it's peace loving it's considerate let Amen. let you, you know, let me let me ask let me give you a good example someone says hey your miss your understanding of the bible is incorrect and then immediately you just you react right you don't even consider that there may be truth to what that person had stated. While it may seem noble, right? Many times people want to pride themselves and say, no, you know, my stance on the word, which many times it really isn't a stance on the word, but a stance on the interpretation of a word or a stance on the traditions of men, right? And when someone corrects it, and then the person doesn't even consider what the individual is stating. And it just goes in one ear and out the other. While we may pride ourselves in saying this is the zeal of, uh, that I have for God's word. In all actuality, it's demonic wisdom that prevents you from even giving a hearing. You know, the Bible talks about in Proverbs... Every, every individual is right in their claims before a matter is heard. Like when people take another individual to court, when one side of the story is heard, they're right in their own eyes. But wait until the person is examined by the other party. And then you will see the full scope of the story. A lot of times we think we know more than we do. And that's where we have to slow ourselves down. And say, you know what? Is there something else to this other side? Is there something else to what this individual is saying? And if you've examined what they said and it's foolishness, then disregard it as foolishness. Right? Are, are, we, are we still insistent on um, being more quick to speak than we are to listen? And James talks about that. And this may not even this may not necessarily involve you and uh, another believer, but maybe you and your uh, your son, you and your daughter, you and your husband, you and your wife, you and another brother or sister that's disconnected from a theological debate. It may be involving an ought that they have with you or you have with them and you won't even consider what they have to say. Does that characterize some of us? You won't hear them out? I'm right and that's all to it. Amen. You know, one of the, I remember reading uh, a psychological, uh, a psychology article or listening to something on psychology you know you know actually I believe it was uh, my professor it was my philosophy professor who also had a master's in um, psychology and he was talking about um, how men overreach themselves to be more confident in things that they actually have no skill or competence in that it's a natural tendency of men to go beyond what they're actually able and capable of doing and so we have this this confidence many times that is baseless there's nothing to stand on and it's it, you know um have you ever heard those people that act like they can fight i've seen a lot of i've heard a lot of them 
They're like, yeah, you know, I, I got hands, I can fight. But the reality of the, of the matter is they have never trained a single day in their lives. They haven't been in many fights. But they think because they can shadow box you, right? Like they got hands, but they don't. And many times people are that way when it comes to being correct. They have more confidence in their view so much so that they're, they're insulated from any form of correction, any form of another perspective. Amen? And at the heart of this many times yeah. is pride. And it may be the case that you, you do stand correct in some, in some instances. But I think more often than not, a person is guilty of pride if you don't at least give a hearing. You know, I've, I don't know where this phrase was originally coined, but it's that you have uh, two ears and one mouth for a reason. Right? Now, Amen. whether that really means or supports the point that people make, right, that's another issue. But the fact of the matter is I, I, I think, you know, maybe there is some truth in that. You, you got one mouth to speak, but you got two ears to listen. It might be because we really do have to be slow to listen, uh, quick to listen and slow to speak in, in many instances. Um, <clears throat> but with that said, I, I, I want us to... I want us to pray. Um, let's go before the Lord. Father, we, uh, we come before you, God, and we thank you for another day. We thank you for another gathering. We thank you, Father, because you, you haven't left us, O oh Lord, as orphans. You haven't abandoned us, O oh God, to ourselves, to our own fancies. You haven't left us without revelation. You haven't left us without light. We thank you, Father, for the illumining power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that you haven't suffered us to, to dwell in darkness without seeing a great light. Your word says that those who have sat in darkness, that they, they have seen a great light. <clears throat> and we know, as your word says and declares in John, that God is light and in him there is no darkness. Father, we thank you that you transfer, transferred us from the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of your dear Son. And wherever there's light, Lord, we know there's direction and there's knowledge and there's hope. We're no longer hopeless and bound by despair and bound by uh, mere superstitions and false religions and false philosophies of men that dig us further into the mire and into the pit. But God, your outstretched arm had been extended to us and had granted us salvation. And we thank you, Lord, for that so great salvation that has satisfied the, the, your wrath, that has satisfied, O oh Lord, the, the wrath of God. And by your blood, we have been made uh, whole. We have been made clean. We have been made partakers of of you <clears throat> and so lord we thank you this day for forgiveness we thank you this day for the washing and the cleansing power of your spirit as david said creating us a clean heart 
and renewing me a right spirit. Thank you for this, the Holy Spirit that, that resides in us, that gives us power, that uh, gives us the spirit of faith. We thank you, Lord, for that. And God, I ask this day that you would join our gathering. I pray, Father, that you would give me the words to speak, O oh God, that your word would go forth as a two-edged sword, dividing both soul and spirit, dividing, Lord, the innermost parts of, of our being, dividing, Lord, the thoughts of man and the thoughts of God. Father, I pray that you would administer reproof and administer correction. Father, wherever we have believed a lie, God, I pray that your word would, would expose that. <clears throat> Father, that we would be built up into a holy temple. A holy temple, a sacred temple. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that even now that your abode would be among us. That it would please you to dwell in our midst, O, o Spirit of God. Father, our hearts have a, a reception unto you, Lord. Our hearts uh, invite you. And we say even now, Holy Spirit, uh, uh, be pleased to dwell in our midst. And would you move? Would you speak? Would you have your way in our lives? And may we as your people commit to you, Lord, the things that are of eternal worth. As, as one great quote says it, uh, are the things we're living for worth Christ dying for? And so, Lord, I, I just conclude this prayer by saying, may the Lamb of God have the full rewards of His sufferings. Have the full rewards of your sufferings in our lives. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We praise you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. <clears throat> All right, so uh, let me know when you get there. So, um, Matthew chapter, oh wait, did I say Matthew chapter 5 or did I say Matthew chapter 6? Chapter 6. Okay, yeah, yeah, chapter 6, verse 5. And uh, this is what the word of the Lord reads, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love praying, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. 
<coughs> now we'll stop there, but we'll we'll continue forward. Um, after I comment on this a little bit. Um, so Jesus here is. You have to understand as well that um, they Jesus spoke this to a highly religious culture, right? They they were not lacking in religiosity. That uh, you know he, he's saying this in a time where you know he's speaking to Jewish people, and um, you know it, it's kind of like. Um, you, you mentioned the word uh, maybe Tupac or Biggie Smalls, right, in a, in a particular urban area that is highly um, in tune with hip-hop culture, right? Especially in the 90s, you, you, you'd probably come across a, a person who was living under a rock who, who wasn't, wouldn't be familiar with those names, especially here in America, right? And so Jesus is speaking on prayer. Now, it's not that this was a prayerless culture they were praying but they were not praying correctly does that make sense unfortunately today in uh, the church that should be a praying culture here in the west we, we actually have much to say about praying period never mind praying correctly we just need to pray period because we're not a prayerful culture by and large in the church we, we love playing, but not praying. Right? You know, as uh, Great Ravenhill said one time, uh, you know, there's many interferers, but not many intercessors. Um, you know, what, what do you say? Um, we got many singers, but few clingers. Because we don't cling a hold of God. We, we sing without ceasing, but we don't pray without ceasing. And we, this is in, indicated by the fact that you, it's not hard to come across a worship service. You got this singer, you got that singer, you got this singer. but And we glory in that. We, we praise and we give them all our money and pay for their CDs. But where is the honor for the prayer warriors? They're always given the back burner. They're not, they're not valued. And we're, we're majoring on the minors and minoring on, uh, minoring on the majors. That's what we're doing today, unfortunately. Um, but he's speaking to a, a, a very prayerful culture, but the, the point though, is that they're actually praying wrongly, right? Many of them were, and James tells us that you can ask amiss. That means you, you can ask and ask, and you can dispense a lot of energy in your praying, but you miss the whole point that it's actually to know. It's not of any profit to you because you are praying incorrectly. Right? Amen. I don't know about you, but um, pray, prayer is already a difficult thing as it is. So when you do find the strength to get there, you don't want the time that you're spending there to be worthless. You know, so it says in uh, Luke chapter 18, uh, when Jesus spoke a parable to them, to them that were righteous in themselves and had contempt for others, he said that the Pharisee stood praying thus to himself. He says he was praying thus to himself, but in his petition he says, Oh God, I thank thee. So that, that shows us that you can even be, insane, be saying God in your prayer, but be praying to yourself. And, and your prayers not reach beyond your ceiling. <clears throat> a 
And so one of the things that short circuits your prayer is hypocrisy. Amen. Is being a hypocrite in the place of prayer. <clears throat> it says, and when you pray, he doesn't say if you pray, he says when you pray. So, you know, prayer is not a matter of if, but when. It says, do not be like the hypocrites. Why? Because there were hypocrites who loved just the, the clout that came along with prayer. Right? That may not work today in, in much of our culture, in our Western Amer uh, Americanized Christian culture. Why? Because no one values that to begin with. Oh, but you know what they do value? They value uh, preaching to stadiums. They value... Uh, you know, getting little Instagram reels showing you, hey, I cast out the spirit of this or I healed this person. I'm not saying that those acts are bad. But what we have done is we have popularized and professionalized the ministry. What? So we can hack algorithms and we can become the popular faces of Christendom. And the reality of the matter is many of those people have their reward in full. They have no reward of the Father. They may get bookings, they may get network, they may get all these other things, but they're not getting reward from the Father. Does that make sense? Amen. And so, and I'm sure you can think of many names today. <clears throat> what they do is they, 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 they harp on networking, See, the kingdom is not built upon networking. The kingdom isn't a network. A kingdom is a kingdom. Amen. Okay? And so what they do is like, hey, I got my connections. We'll call your connections. And then we'll, we'll merge. We'll, we'll connect your nectar from your flower source and we'll connect my nectar from my flower source and then we'll gather all these bees together in this hive so that we can make more money we can have more attention but what they will do is say we're doing it for the sake of the gospel no you that's not for the sake of the gospel they'll say stuff like that like we want a larger reach for gospel but you want a larger reach for self and it sounds good it really does but don't buy it for a minute because what it's not trusting in the power of God and it's not doing things unto the Lord Jesus because when there's a smaller crowd, people are all of a sudden they lose interest. Amen. And so, you know, but nonetheless, <clears throat> so we don't do things for, you know, to be hypocrites. You know, I, I, you know, let me say this last thing. I heard one of these very popular uh, Christian guys. Um, well, I'll just say his name. Isaiah Saldivar. And he says, you know, I spend hours studying algorithm. Okay, well, th that's the problem. Is we study hours in algorithm, but we don't spend hours studying God. We, we want to be servants of men, but we don't want to be servants of God. We know the way of Instagram, but we don't know the way of the altar. 
And see, see, this is where this this is where uh, being spiritually minded will really get you into some trouble, because everybody else will appear to be excelling. But you're still here in the back, still praying, still in the secret, still treading the paths of prayer, still treading the way of the altar, and everybody else is manipulating, everybody else is getting ahead, and you're wondering why God still has you in the back burner. Because five years from now, all that they're doing is going to come tumbling down, whereas you're, big, you're digging deep in the ways of the Spirit. Amen. Not trusting in the arm of the flesh, not trusting in your ability to finesse, not trusting in your uh, uh, conniving and using tactics and all this other stuff. Rather, you're saying, God, I'm doing unto you what you've called me to do, nothing less, nothing more. And, and I'd, I'd rather please you and walk alone than walk with the multitudes and displease you. Amen. Amen. <coughs> because you know, the, the reality is, you know, a, a lot of these people, they, they do things in the name of Christ, but very well may be displeasing Christ. Because just because it promotes Jesus, don't mean it's honoring Jesus. Amen. You know, the crazy thing is, you know, the devil, see, we, the devil is strict about what he wants his minions to do. When he says, I, I want you to offer up a sacrifice this way, this way, that way. You know, those witches and the warlocks, they obey their master. You know, and so we, we need to obey our master. You know, like it says in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews, he cites Moses, he says, be careful to, you know, construct everything that I told you to build after the pattern that I told you to build it. And we start getting bright ideas saying, oh God, I, I, think I, want, I think you want me to help you over here or build it this way. When God is very specific, if he told you something, do it. <clears throat> Amen. Don't think you're helping God out by integrating your opinions. But anyways, he says, for they love praying. They love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Now this doesn't mean... To avoid being seen by others. Otherwise we would have to throw out corporate prayer. Right? I mean because Jesus here is speaking to an audience. He's doing a spiritual act by preaching and teaching. Right? And there's people around. Right? There's some things that you have to do corporately. Right? There's corporate prayer. There's there, there's teaching to... Uh, you know, the, the, the church, right? And so Jesus isn't saying avoid being seen by others. He's saying avoid praying to be seen by others. He doesn't say pray and avoid being seen. He says pray and not to be seen. Right? And he says uh, they do this on the street corners to be seen by me. Now we can just switch it today. You know, um... You know, if there was a modern a modern version, it would say something like this: For they love praying; they love to pray. Stand; they love praying, standing on their uh, platform on Instagram. 
right? I'm sure you guys seen it, right? Where they run up to the camera and they say, whoa, whoa hey, stop, 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 stop. Let me pray for you, right? Or don't scroll, don't scroll, don't scroll. And I, I anyways, I, I'm sure that some of us think that that's sincere, but I think it's disingenuous. I don't, I don't really like that because I, I want someone that actually cares for my soul that prays for me, right? Like, you don't know me. Has has my burden become your burden in the place of prayer? Right? Are you, are you really take are you espousing my burden and allowing that to become your burden? Amen. And, be, and then bringing Amen. that before the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. And so it says, uh, verse 6, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, the fact of the matter is, the, the, the sort of, you know, Jesus is saying the Father is unseen. Right? Because, he, you know, the Father is a spirit. We can't see with our natural eyes. But uh, dare I say that there are many Christians who don't see the Father through spiritual eyes. That's why they don't pray, because they don't see the Father through the Spirit. They don't see what He's doing. They don't see His glory. They, they, they don't see uh, His beauty, and so they're not attracted to the place of prayer. Amen. But nonetheless, He's saying, you know, the Father, He's unseen. But guess what? When you go to Him in secret, and you go to Him with heart of sincerity, and you go to Him with humility, right, and faith, what others cannot see, your Father sees. And there is not an hour spent in prayer that is a waste of time if you are not asking amiss. You are asking by faith, in sincerity, in humility, with fervor, in earnest, importunately, you go to that secret place, no matter how much time is spent, you may spend two hours and you feel like, I got all these other things to do. Do not be mistaken. That time is not time wasted. It's time spent. It's time invested. It's time uh, invested. And there will be compound interest. That is accrued through your investment in seeking the face of your father. Amen. <clears throat> you know, I, I think it's a tragedy that we think that praying. See, I hope that I never hear this come out of any of our mouths. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy, I can't pray. That's a lie. You're not too busy to pray. What it is, is that you don't value it enough to prioritize it as a main thing in your life. So don't say you're too busy. You know, you, 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 you can use that for other things. I'm too busy to uh, uh, meet up for coffee today, right? I'm too busy to chill. But never say that I'm too busy to pray because the Bible will not contradict itself. It will not command you to do something that you cannot do. And the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Amen. 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 And that excuse is used for the word as well. Amen. 
<clears throat> See, you know, we, we want to do everything without ceasing except prayer. We want to sing without ceasing. We want to praise without ceasing. Right? And I'm not saying praise and all that stuff is bad. But again, as I mentioned earlier, when we have services today, unfortunately, I, I think it's an unfortunate thing. And and I I know I'm a bad guy for saying it. We have worship services. We have praise services. But and and I, I get that. I, I know there's a place for that stuff. You know, the Bible says sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. But if there's ever a need, it's to to go before the Lord. Right? And rend not our garments to rend our hearts and to allow what he's interested in, what God is interested in us praying for, to make that our burden, to make that our care. Amen. Because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people in the body of Christ today, and I don't say this to beat anybody over the head. But we just have a shopping list mentality, a give me mentality. How about giving back to God? How about giving back to, and saying, Lord, I, I, I love what you love. I long to see what you long to see. I want to see, I want to see your name become a praise in the earth. God, I want righteousness to go forth. My brothers and sisters, how much do you pray for, uh, uh, um, for, <clears throat> for righteousness to go forth from the thrones that are here on earth. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How much do you pray for the oppressed to go free, that the, the brokenhearted would be healed, that those who are taken Amen. captive would be released? Right? Hallelujah. You know, I, I make it I make an ambition of mine to pray for the destruction of of the regimes of men. I pray for their utter destruction. That they will topple over Amen. and that the church would rise up in power and take its rightful place in the earth. Amen. Talk about beauty, talk about glory. That's what's glorious. That's what's beautiful. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and so um, <clears throat> we have to we have to learn to become men and women of burden. Men and see, Jesus didn't say, "I don't have a burden for you to carry." He says, "I have a burden." See, but the problem is this: you can't take upon you the burden of Christ if you still have the burden of sin. See, see, Jesus wants you to lay down that burden of sin, throw off every weight that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And he wants you to take upon him his burden, his yoke. Right? Amen. So that, that, that means that, you, you know, when you're praying for your family, you're praying for your home, you're praying for what God has called you to do, you're praying His will. Lord, superimpose your will on all of this and remove the will of men. Amen. 
But see, that's where that's where true humility comes into play. Is we say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Amen. And that isn't so easy to pray as you think it might be in many cases. Did not Jesus say this in the garden? Nevertheless, not my will, Father, but your uh, your will be done. <clears throat> And I love what the Gospel of Luke says. It says, being in agony, he prayed the more earnestly. See, many people at that point will say, oh, I'm in agony. I can't pray. I'm so tired. No, it says, being in agony, he prayed the more earnestly. See, that pressure, that... that, that um, difficulty was not an occasion for him to retract backwards but to press forward even more Amen. <clears throat> see when the devil hits you that's not an excuse to go backwards it's it, it's an occasion for you to go forward even further amen See, some of us have to learn that holy fight. That if the devil slugs you, you slug back. He hits you, you hit back. Amen. That's the sort of disposition that we are to have, but we hit back in prayer. We hit back, we keep hacking away. Until everything that he seeks to install into our lives and the lives of our loved ones are utterly destroyed. Like Samuel. You know, uh, he, he accomplished what, uh, what's his name? Saul couldn't. He hacked uh, so-and-so to pieces. I forgot the guy's name. You know, but anyways, continuing forward, it says... Uh, King, King Amalek. Yes. Because Saul was supposed to do that. But Samuel ended up, you know, carrying out what the Lord wanted to uh, to be accomplished. But verse 6, it says, but when you pray... Okay, we, we read that part. Um, it says, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. <clears throat> you know, I, I want to make a clear distinction here. I, I think that there's a difference between answer to prayer and reward for prayer. See, the fact that you're praying with sincerity is all, will already be rewarded. It will in no wise lose its reward. Amen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was Agag, King Agag of the Amalekites. My apologies. <laughs> all right. Thank you. But prayer itself will not lose its reward. Right, so there, there, there is never a prayer that is made by the Spirit that will go without the Lord's reward. And see that the pro, that that should incentivize our praying. That just that should give us an occasion to encourage us to pray, right? Because I'm sure you know, men love the reward of men. You know, we we had a um, we had at uh, work uh, the kids. They had 
we had an award ceremony. Right? It was a time of honoring them and, you know, I'm not sure how much some of them even enjoy their awards assigned to them, but be that as it may, right? Uh, you know, Jesus says concerning people, he says, you love the praise of men and not the praise of God. And so we have to value what the Lord values. We have to value his commendation, value his reward system. And not because, see, here's the thing, what men can do and what can men can say, what men can award, it, 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 uh, it's not abiding. And many times it's superficial and it's shallow. And it's short-lived. But it, isn't that amazing how some of the men Amen. of God that have been rewarded in time past, in ancient times, that they, their names have gone down within Scripture? And then the, it says the memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the uh, ungodly shall perish. Amen. Some of these men and women who have made tremendous sacrifices on the altar, in the place of prayer, their names have not been forgotten. And, and their name is blessed. And, and uh, the name of the just is blessed. And so... Uh, continuing forward, verse 7, it says, And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. <clears throat> you know what? I, I really hate this. That so many Christians have taken this verse here as an occasion to discourage long praying. And really what they're, well, people like that are, they're lawyers that have, um, they have half hearts, and they try to find legal loopholes to avoid doing what they know they should be doing. God has never discouraged lengthy prayers. Jesus is the master and he's the example and he prayed all night. Amen. Okay. Now, this is what I've said before. We aren't heard for our many words. He said, don't pray because you think that by your many words you're heard. However, pray and offer many words because you are heard. Do you see the difference? It's not my many words that gets God to give me a hearing. I'm already heard by virtue of the fact that I'm praying His will. Therefore, I offer many words. Do you see the difference? Amen. And we can go throughout scripture where Paul, he says, I besought the Lord thrice concerning the same thing. He was modeling, he was uh, following the model of the Lord Jesus who in the garden prayed for the third time in the same sitting. He prayed three hours total, each an hour, uh, each an interval of an hour. And it says, uh, going, you know, praying for a third time, he said again. <coughs> so is there a contradiction here? No. Jesus had confidence that he was always heard by the Father. We know this because when he said, uh, when he had raised Lazarus from the dead, he says, I thank you, O Father, for I am always heard by you. 
So it's not that Jesus offered many words because he was trying to get the Father to listen. The Father was already listening. Therefore, Jesus was praying in that way. Do you see the difference? Amen. One has the confidence in repetition of words. The other has confidence in God himself. Amen. It, it says in First uh, John... No, no, keep keep your uh, thumb there. <coughs> See, I just want to show you this real quick. It's in First John. Uh, I'm gonna show you two verses. First John chapter five, verse fourteen and fifteen. <coughs> This is the confidence we have in approaching God. So we have what? Confidence. If I'm not mistaken, the Greek word there is pistis. It means faith. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. You know, <clears throat> my brothers and sisters, what, another thing I want you to learn from me is don't pray in such a way that you sound depressing. You know, there's some believers out there, it's like they're giving God a complaint list. Oh, God, you know, oh, man, I, it, today just sucked, God. And, you know, it, it's like they're just uttering, they're not even uttering prayers. They're just filing complaints. I'm sure, I'm sure that you've heard people like that, right? It, it's like there's... I don't know if you guys are familiar with the cartoon Eeyore. Yeah. Amen. They sound like they're moping. It's depressing. Because they're not praying energized by the Spirit. They're praying by the flesh. Or how about those those guys that pray like you know, God is their buddy, old pal. Oh, God, we just want to thank you today. We're just so delighted to be here. Oh, we thank you for the dogs, and we thank you for the cats, and we thank you for the cockroaches. <laughs> it's like, where's, where's the power? You, you got, God is not your, the, the homeboy, you know, down the street. He's not your, like, you're not you're not like toasting coffee to him in the morning with your robe saying hi to the neighbor. That's not what that is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know it can sound a bit insulting, but that's how I interpret that. It's too light. There's lightness. There's no gravity, there's no depth, there's no weight. Because when you're energized by the Holy Ghost, it's not a weightless prayer. And that, what I'm saying is not to try to sound charismatic and hype something up that isn't there. That's not what I'm saying. Because some people go on the other spectrum and they try to, you know, uh, add their little coughs in between their little prayer petitions. And God, yeah, we just say today, yeah. That's not, moving, that's not moving you down the football field of prayer either. 
And in fact, that's just annoying people. It annoys me. I can't even focus anymore. Because he sounds, those people just sound like they're coughing or they're trying to spit out like a, a, a bone that they accidentally swallowed. You need to order boneless chicken next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, <coughs> you know, the, the reason why prayers sound like that is because they're praying from the head. They're not praying with unction. And I, I know I, I sound like a bad guy for saying stuff like that, but it's true. It just, it flat out is true. See, men and women should pray in such a fashion that those who are hearing and benefiting from the prayer have their hearts lifted to eternity, have their hearts lifted to, to high places. Amen? But here's the thing. You can't get other people to come to high places if you yourself don't spend time there. Amen. We're too earthbound. We're too earthly minded. And so, so as a consequence, it affects nothing and it moves nothing. <clears throat> I know that sounds discouraging for, for some people, but um, we need to be baptized with power. We need to be baptized with, with the Spirit of God. And then we see um, in 1 John, um, where is this at? I believe it's chapter 3, verse uh, 20. Oh, verse 21, I'm sorry. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. You want to know why a lot of people are lacking confidence in prayer? Is because they're living in sin. And so it deflates their faith. They don't have faith to pray with great confidence. And so you, you want to see someone that is living a double life? You, you want See, when you, when you see many times people are praying without power, it's because they're living a double life. Because they, they are not supplied by the Spirit's unction and power to do the praying. And they feel so self-condemned, they feel so conscious of sin, that they can't pray with great confidence. Amen? It's not the will of the Lord for anybody to live in that state. See, Jesus died to put away sin. <clears throat> Jesus died to put away sin and to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. His work was efficacious. You know, there, I was debating with some guy the other day on Facebook. And, um, I, you know, because it, it was a... those those reform guys. You know, and he, he posted something, oh... There was a little black square, and the black square represented sin. And he says, uh, what I do every day. And it was a huge circle filled with black. 
And he was saying, basically, he sins every day. And I said, what a miserable life. You need to get saved. <laughs> and then they started insulting me, saying, I'm John Wesley preaching perfectionism or some other stuff. I said, look, you, you have to get saved if you're sinning every single day or you need to be delivered from a demon. Or you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and be empowered to live holy. Oh, come on. Does that offend any of us here? Amen. <clears throat> it's Bible. John says, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. He didn't say when we sin. He says if we sin, not when we sin. Amen. So John's attitude isn't, oh, you're going to fail every day. Just, you know, you're just a poor wretch, a, a terrible little worm. Sucks for you. I mean, Jesus died to release us from the power of sin, but not really. We're just going to constantly be bombarded by sin and its power. And I'm going to use Romans 7 to justify my view as if Paul too was unable to be freed from sin. And they're not even understanding what he's talking about there. But does that make sense? So the point though that I'm trying to make is that we should have confidence in prayer. We should have great confidence before the Lord. Not feel, you know, not, not live in sin, live, uh, you know, guilt stricken and live sin conscious. We need to be more conscious of Christ than we are of sin. That's, that's where God wants to get us, is that we're more conscious of righteousness, conscious of Christ, conscious of Him, Right? Because when you get people so sin conscious and they try to pray, it's only going to deflate your faith and not increase it. Amen. <clears throat> well, let, let's finish this up. It says, And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. I've said already, <clears throat> we're not heard because of our many words. We're heard because we pray the will of God. Amen. But because we're heard when we're praying the will of God, we pray many words. You, the, the, the totality of your Christian life should not be summarized by praying five minutes. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't care even if you're not a minister. It doesn't matter. You shouldn't be praying just five minutes. That is that. Let me yeah. say, and I'll, I'll come with you know thinking I'm self righteous or anything, or a spirit of condemnation, but that's just flat out unacceptable. <clears throat> it's it's totally unacceptable. Prayer is your source of power. That's how you obtain power. Live in power, right? So you, you have an adversary seeking your downfall, right? You have unbelief that wants to creep in. And you have many adversaries. Whatever that is. And you mean to tell me you're going to get throughout life in victory 
with daily five minute prayers. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> Look, my brothers and sisters, if Jesus saw it necessary to pray as fervently as he did, then can, as the Son of God, can you, can I, can we get through life not praying after his similitude? Amen. You know, we say let's be like Jesus in every area, when it, especially when it involves compassion, involves giving to the poor. Those are all great things. But I think we we want to opt out when it comes to praying like Jesus did. We love the compassion part. We love the forgiveness part. I do too. It's it's what Jesus has done. It's what he's taught on. Right? I love that as well. But remember these passages as well. Let's remember his life of prayer. You know, I, I like what uh, Ravenhill said one time. He says, you know, Elijah was a man of like passions, but are we men of like prayer? Oh, come on, guys, this isn't depressing. <laughs> I'm saying you have an availability of power. There's nothing depressing about that. Amen. I'm telling you, you have an availability of of answered requests. There is nothing depressing about that. I'm telling you, you have an availability of victory. There's nothing depressing about that. It's a glorious it's a glorious door that's been opened to you. Amen. To 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 bask in the presence of God. To commune with your Father. You know, Jesus, you know, he, I don't know what people think of Jesus. I know he, he made some very hard statements. But you, you ever read that passage where it says, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit? You guys ever read that passage? It says, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. It's in John, if I'm not mistaken. Or it might have been Luke. I think it was in the context of when um, um, the disciples had come back after casting out demons. They say, even the devil's subject to us. And uh, Maybe one of you guys can find the verse there in um uh, Put it in the chat. <clears throat> but but one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. And what did David say? In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Didn't Jesus say, Ask in my name that your joy may be to the full? Right? See, one of the biggest reasons why the body of Christ is lacking um, in Joy is because they're not praying. They're not spending much time in the presence of God. 
It says, At that time, Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was you, this is what you were pleased to do. So Jesus is uttering a prayer here. What does it say? Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah! See, our time of praying should be times of great joy. Fullness of joy. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. And in His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Let me ask you this question. And I'm not looking for an answer in response, but this is just a rhetorical question. Do you find great joy in the presence of God? You find great joy in praying to God. Because if not, you still have some growing to do. You know, my, my wife can vouch for me, and I say this not to boast or anything like that, but I, I'll shout my head off in, with great joy when I'm praying. I may not look like it, you know, because of my face sometimes. <laughs> you know, I've been accused of mean mugging people at times. I'm like, what? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking. I'm not mean mugging you. <clears throat> it's just how I look. Right? But there's nothing greater in this life than God Himself. Amen. And God should incite great joy in our hearts. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Um, you know what did Paul say in Philippians? Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. But that's in the same letter he said, pray without ceasing. We, we can't rejoice always if we're not praying always. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Amen. Um, but he says right here, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. <laughs> So the Lord, he, know, he knows what you need. He knows what I need. And he knows sometimes the things for which you pray for are things that you don't need. And he knows there are things that you need that you aren't praying about. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Amen. There's things Amen. that you're praying and asking for that you don't need. And there are things that you aren't asking for that you do need. What are some of those things that you do need that you haven't been asking for? And this goes back to James, because there are some things that we do need, and you know the Bible says you ask amiss. Right? You 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 have not because you ask not. And he says, and when you do ask, you ask selfishly. <clears throat> But we'll conclude this by, uh, we'll just read to uh, through the rest here. 
This then is how you should pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's so much that you can unpack from that. Um, for beginners, the Bible says in uh, Galatians, and I forgot where else, but it says, You have not received the spirit that would bring you back into bondage or slavery of fear. But the spirit of sonship, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So God put the Holy Ghost in you that uh, um, enables you to cry, Father. Right? God, God doesn't want us to, to, to retreat back to a place of unbelief and doubt and fear and bondage but to liberty as the sons and daughters of God, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We don't believe in what's called deism. God isn't some distant God that stands aloof from the sufferings of men, from men's affairs. God is in any, every way relational. Amen. And, and God is the source and the sustainer of all. And God wants to sustain you. God wants to source you. God wants to empower you. God wants to give. Right? And this is, this is, not, is this not what Jesus said? Which of you evil fathers know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? You know, I, I love giving to my son. I love giving to him. And you know what? As a father, and it, it's not a good idea that my son would live by another man, from another man. Right? Now, and I'm sure, you know, that, that might hurt some other men. To know that maybe a stepfather has stepped in and that father doesn't even have anything to give to his own son. I think that would hurt. Right? But God, you know, I say that to say that I love to give my son. Right? God sources me so I can source my son. Amen? Amen. See, this is why God is jealous to be your father. Because uh, you should not be running to idols to do what what God wants to do for you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Isn't that sad? You know, John gives Amen. us that, that admonition. He says, keep yourself from idols at the end of his first letter. You know, as Christians, you can fall prey to idolatry. You can look to people. You can look to things. You can look to all this other stuff. Right? But you shouldn't. Our Father in heaven. So our our Father is from heaven. He abides in heaven. That's that's his dwelling place. And Amen. God wants you to live from the strength of Mount Zion. Many men, earthly men, have their strength from here. Uh, from earth that's where they get their power and their strength from but we get our power and we get our strength from 
from heaven. Amen. Amen. Or, or brothers and sisters, do you? Do you get your strength from heaven, from above? Wisdom from above, strength from above. Even young men, they grow weary and they, you know, they they grow faint. But those who wait upon the Lord, they show what? <clears throat> they shall renew strength. <clears throat> But it says, hallowed be your name. <clears throat> the aim of our prayers should be for the glorification of God. For the hallowing of his name. Amen. In other words, God's name is sacred. It is holy. And the reason why I, I condemn the sort of weightless and shallow praying that I mentioned earlier of Men that treat God as some neighbor on a bright sunny morning, you know, with a cup of coffee and a robe on, is because it, what's lacking is a view of the holiness of God. What is lacking is a is a view of God's name being hallowed and holy and sacred. Amen. In other words, he's set apart. He's in a category all by himself. He's not in the category of men. Amen? Amen. God is in a category all by himself. He's holy. What does it say in uh, Hebrews? Jesus, uh, he was uh, holy and separate from sinners. Right, And so in other words, when we're praying, brothers and sisters, we need to be praying in such a way that says that is asking for God's name to be hallowed, as well as in places where God's name is not currently hallowed. I remember one minister said this, he says, how many missionaries, um, you know, think of lost men and are compelled to go to certain places because men are lost and he's you know and many men raise their hand but he says how many of you are compelled to go because God's name is not hollowed there far less hands are raised that shows a reflection of our values <clears throat> Do you burn with the jealousy for God's glory? Amen. Do you burn with a jealousy to see God's name hallowed and glorified? Where, quote, women's rights are glorified. Planned Parenthood is glorified. Beyonce is glorified. Right? I, I, I feel disgusted when I see people fall headlong worshiping a trashy woman such as Beyonce. It, it, it's utterly disgusting and repulsive 
when I see women in the name of women's rights when they're just, it's no different. They're committing uh, the worship of Molech. And they're shedding the blood of innocent babies, of innocent children. Right? They're worshiping false gods. They're worshiping demons. God is worthy of our worship. God is worthy of our praise. God is worthy of our lives. Amen. And we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, as our reasonable act of worship. That means our lives are on the altar. Never mind just a you know an altar call once a week. Your life is your life is an altar. Your life is a sacrifice. It's not yours anymore. Amen. Amen. So we should not live in such a way as if to suggest that it still belongs to us. <clears throat> Hallowed be your name. Hallowed. Continuing up here, your kingdom come, your will be done. So I was mentioning earlier, we're, we're more interested in networks and, and not so much in the kingdom. You know, I want to see the kingdom of God superimposed on the kings of kingdoms of men. I want to see what it says in Psalm chapter 2 that, that, the, that the rulers of this world should be warned and kiss the sun lest he be angry and they perish in the way. Amen. Amen. Jesus has inherited the nations as, as his own. It doesn't belong to men, it belongs to him. And this is why I love praying. Uh, may the Lamb of God have the full rewards of his sufferings. He didn't suffer in vain. The nations belong to him. Amen. But but does our, do our hearts cry out to Amen. that? Do our hearts long to see the actualization of his will on earth? Not the wills of not the will of men, not the will of tyrants. Not the will of Planned Parenthood, not the will of the porn industry, but the will of Jesus Christ, the only true potentate, the only true Lord, to whom belongs glory and power and dominion forever. Amen. The government of His will know no end. His government. Hallelujah. The nations are all together as a drop in a bucket. But his kingdom, as it says in Daniel, is an everlasting kingdom. Amen. Amen. So I, I pray for the destruction of the porn industry. I pray for the destruction of Planned Parenthood. The destruction on every single one of those altars. Because I don't see in the Bible that Planned Parenthood is an everlasting kingdom. Amen. I don't read anywhere in the Bible that says the porn industry is an everlasting industry. 
No, I pray that it will be short-lived and the the name of that industry will altogether be forgotten and tossed in the rubble and trash. Amen. I, I, you know, I pray that same thing for Islam. That all their, their so-called holy books would be burned alive. All their books be burned. And as well as Hinduism and New Age and all this other stuff. That there be such a great revival that hordes and uh, flocks of men and women would come to the Lord Jesus. Amen? Is that our heart's desire? Do we long to see revival? Do we long to see a great awakening come in greater floods and greater waves than ever seen before? Amen. Amen. That the dark arts books, the, the porn books, all these things are burned in the fire like we've seen in the book of Acts? Amen. That the gang members uh, throw, throw down their blue and red rags? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we need to see in this day and age. But you know what? It doesn't come without prayer. It doesn't, you know, let, let me correct that. It doesn't come without fervent prayer. <clears throat> Amen. And you know what, brothers and sisters? It doesn't just come with you coming to corporate prayer. This needs to be your heart cry. This needs to be the cry of the church, man. We, we, we need to, as the Lord says in Isaiah, give me no rest and give yourselves no rest. He says, put me in remembrance. That's an interesting thing for God to say, but that's what he says. For you to put him in remembrance, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest. Hallelujah. Amen. Did not Jesus say in Luke 18 verse 1 that men ought always to pray and not faint? I don't see it, but I'm not fainting. I don't see it yet, but I ain't fainting. I don't see it yet, but it don't matter because I'm not fainting and God said what he said. And I'm seeing through the eyes of the Spirit. I believe that it's coming. I, I see that it's coming even though my natural eyes can't see it. Hallelujah. I'm not going to give up. But by the Holy Ghost, I'm going to keep praying and keep pressing and keep striving. I'm going to pray like Epiphras who struggled and wrestled in his prayers. Hallelujah. With great fervor and energy from on high, power from on high. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If witches and warlocks can tap into a source of power of demonization and uh, be given a, a, a power from another world, then cannot we who have the Holy Ghost, who, who is the person uh, of, of omnipotence, residing within our members, that self-same power that raised Christ from the dead is able to quicken your mortal bodies, able to quicken your prayers and unctionize your prayer life. Hallelujah. Oh, Rabbi Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There, there, there is no place for infirmity. There's no place for, for uh, 
half-heartedness. God can breathe upon you in His grace and swallow up your infirmities. Swallow up every weakness. As Paul said in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So no more of the language that I can't pray for two hours. I can't pray for an hour. I can't get on my face and storm the throne of, of heaven and say, Oh God, I'm not leaving until you bless me. Hallelujah. I want to see revival in my family. I want to see revival in my workplace. I want to see revival among wherever there's dead. I want to see life wherever there's death. Power wherever there's been hopelessness. I want to see change and impact wherever the devil has run rampant and wreaked havoc in my society, in my vicinity. Hallelujah. Amen. <coughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember that August night back in 2011, I got clothed with power. And I felt the Holy Ghost come upon me in power, enable me to do things that I could not do in myself, enable me to pray in ways that I could not in my flesh. And that Holy Ghost came upon me and enabled me to do what God says I need to do. Hallelujah. I can't say that it's been easy. I can't say that it hasn't been uh, uh, met with difficulty. But if the word of God rings true, and it does, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. I can do all things. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you guys need to rise up from your spiritual graves. Some of you need to rise up from dormancy. And mediocrity and 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 a superficial life a superficial half-hearted prayer life and rise up with the power of God Amen. you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over expecting different results you can't expect to live and pray the way that you have always prayed and think that different results will come Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Some of you still need to learn the way of sacrifice in the place of prayer. You're only praying with convenience, only praying for what the, that which is comfortable to you. <clears throat> what did Elijah say? He, 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 he prepared an altar. Elijah prepared an altar. And he says, let the God who answers by fire, let him be God. Hallelujah. You know God is still answering by fire today? Amen. What happened in the book of uh, Acts in the day of Pentecost? Cloven tongues of fire set upon each of them. Amen. Amen. I don't want to see the will of the devil. I don't want to see the will of man. I don't want to see my will. I want to see the will of God manifest in my life. Hallelujah. But the vehicle through which he accomplishes that is fervent prayer. Let, let us turn uh, one last passage and we'll come to a close. 
it's in James. You know what? Um, let us actually go to two real quick. I'm sorry. Uh, Hebrews chapter five, verse seven. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 5 or 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because his reverent submission. So what do we see here? This doesn't just say he offered up prayers. He offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries. It doesn't even just say with cries. It says fervent cries. You know the Holy Ghost is the only one that can give you fervency? Fervor. Amen. Amen. Have you ever, have, have you ever felt the spirit of fervency come upon you? Where, where, where there's so much concentration and potency and power channeled in one specific thing and it grips your entire being and, and person. Amen. And, and you feel this strength from above empowering you. <clears throat> I love the times when with, with great fervency I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost energizing my prayer. I feel fire because the desire that the Holy Ghost has given me is so strong that it consumes me. Isn't that what Jesus says? Zeal for thine house hath consumed me. And what does he say the house should be? The house of prayer for many nations. See, some of you need to grab a hold of these petitions and allow the Holy Ghost to give you a zeal that consumes you. Can we say our prayer lives are characterized by a consuming zeal? A consuming fervor? If not, my brothers and sisters, you need to begin praying, God, give me that. God, breathe upon me. Resurrect me. Cause your fire to come and burn upon the altar again. And then lastly, if we turn to James... <clears throat> Um, James chapter 5 verse 16 it says uh, therefore confess your sins to one another and uh, it says uh, and pray for each other so that you may be healed it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and then verse 17 is is the main focus of mine Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. If I don't have time, because we're coming to a close. But if you look in uh, 1 Kings, and you look how Elijah prayed, there was a number of times he could have been put off by what his eyes were seeing. Right? He prayed, 
he was travailing in prayer and nothing happened. <laughs> then he prayed a second time, nothing happened. And, and by the seventh time, <clears throat> something occurred. And then he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I believe he heard that by the Spirit. I don't believe his natural ears heard that. I believe he heard it in the realm of the Spirit. And said, no, something's happening. See, he tapped into the source, a spiritual source. He tapped into the Holy Ghost. Right? See, some of you are on the verge. See, by the sixth or fifth time, you're put off and say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this. Nothing's happening. Right? But some of you need to press in and say, you know what? No, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. It's coming. But it says, Elijah prayed earnestly. I like what uh, Ravenhill said. He says, God don't hear prayer. He, hear, he hears earnest prayer. Now, I don't mean that literally, but I think there's a hint of truth in that. <clears throat> if what, what whatever prayers cannot do, earnest prayer will accomplish. Whatever prayer will not do, fervent prayer will do. Whatever one prayer will not do, many prayers will do. And see, people don't like that because they say, well, if God has all this power, what do I have to do it more than once? It's not for you to reason, it's for you to obey. Does that make sense? You can get mad and upset, but don't get upset if nothing's happening. Don't get upset at me. Get upset at yourself. Amen? Amen. Only one person agrees. Because I, I, I have known enough about prayer that, to know what yield results. And, and, you know, in fact, we have a testimony. Where in corporate prayer, we prayed for it to rain in a place where there's drought. And the following morning, much rain came. And it wasn't rainy season. It... it uh, you guys, if you guys recall in, in Africa, in Tanzania, remember that? You guys, some, some of you remember that? There's a, a severe drought, no sign of rain whatsoever. And we prayed and the following morning, rain came in abundance. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Some of you are suffering from a drought and you need to pray for rain. I'm saying that in a spiritual way. 